There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to Red Room. We have a special episode this month and a special guest. We are doing our Halloween special. If you guys aren't aware, over on Patreon, I do a whole month, spooky month. We do Halloween themed everything and I knew I had to give a good Halloween episode for Spotify. And today I'm so happy to be joined by someone I've collaborated with a few times now. We always have such a good chat. Uh, it is Megan, who is also known as Skinfluence by MSK over on TikTok. Her content is genuinely a mix of everything I love. She's got some true crime, mysteries, conspiracy theories, and pop culture for good measure. Uh, We've done podcasts before. We did one on ancient civilizations and the kind of mysteries around Atlantis and the pyramids. We also did one on the missing 411, which covers the mysterious disappearance of people in US national parks. Megan has amassed over 330,000 followers on TikTok and nearly 6 million likes. Her videos are always going viral, so I'm sure you've seen her before. Uh, Megan, welcome to the podcast for a third time. Third Hello, time <laughs> thanks for having me again, Jenny. I'm so happy to be here again. I always uh, have the best time. Yeah, well, we, we have a yeah. lot of the same interests and, you know, we, the, there's very few people, I say it every time, A, there's very few women in this space, B, there's very few Irish people in this space and you are both those things and we have a lot of the same, like, interests, like your TikToks pop up when I'm like, oh my God, I'm so glad she knows <laughs> about that. Like, yeah. you did one recently, like, we both love a good, like, Epstein moment. And- oh, we do. <laughs> and the whole crossover with Madeleine McCann, like those kind of conspiracies. And you posted something recently and I was like, of course, Megan knows about those yeah. weird police <laughs> composite drawings. <laughs> oh, I do. Oh, they are weird. Yes. So weird. creepy. But I'll, mm-hmm. I'll link your TikTok below and everyone should go follow you because like if you're looking for some good conspiracy bite size content, Megan is your person to go to. Seriously. Um, but today we're going to be talking about Halloween because... Yay. It's spooky month, it's October, and because we're both Irish, we thought it'd be a good idea to kind of do an episode all on, like, the histories of Halloween in Ireland, because, you know, I think all Irish people know that there are roots, but I don't think we knew, and I learned a lot, even just researching, like, the extent to which, like, Halloween comes from Ireland. Were you aware of that at all? No. And, you know, growing up, I just assumed, like, it was an American thing. I was like, it originated in America. It's like an American holiday because, like, even with decorations and stuff, we never really done it over here until recently. So I am shocked to find out all the stuff about Halloween, like, even down to, like, the pumpkins and Yeah, I think, because, like, Americans make such a big deal out of Halloween. And I'm actually doing an episode that will be out this week as well on the Salem Witch Trials. 
And for some reason, I kind of, I, I don't know whether it was because I loved Sabrina the Teenage Witch as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of just lumped them all into the same thing. I thought yeah. like Halloween, the witches, the witch trials, I kind of thought it was all American. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is Irish and so many traditions, like so many traditions can be rooted back to Ireland within it. So today we're going to talk a little bit about those histories, where it comes from. And then later on, in honour of Spooky Month, we are going to be talking about some of the creepy Irish mythological creatures and demons and ghouls and goblins that they thought were visiting on Halloween. And let me tell you, like, they're fucking even scarier than like, I don't know, the Scream guy or Michael Myers. Yes. Like, they're oh, definitely. Um, have you always been into like mythology and stuff as well? Because I know you do talk about yeah. it a bit. I have, like, but this again, some things that we're going to talk about today, like I've only learned about recently, like you've basically introduced me to them. So it's like, oh, how did I know? I love the fact that you can learn something new every day, even if you think, you know, oh, I just love being shocked again. 100%. And but even yeah. like Megan, I mean, it was when I was looking into these today that mm. I learned some because. You know, it is funny. We're we're so we're really not taught like so much of our culture. Obviously, was taken from. I mean, first of all, Catholicism came in, and then obviously mm-hmm. the British. Um, you know, we're to, like obviously our language and everything was taken, but we're really not taught anything of our cool history. Like I remember, I yeah. had an Irish mythology book when I was a kid, and that's how I learned some of the stories of like, you know, like Tiernan Og and all that. But Rainbow and all, yeah, yeah. But I yeah. kind of knew more. I was reading re- about it, and I was like, I weirdly know more about like greek uh, mm-hmm. mythological creatures than i do irish and the irish yeah. ones are not to be turn your nose up no let me tell you, i'll <laughs> be looking more into them now because they're fucking freaky yeah so scary so oh. i guess we'll start off with ireland and halloween so <clears throat> halloween's origins date back to a celtic festival called Samhain, obviously um and if anyone who doesn't know the month of november in irish is Samhain. so to the Celts, Samhain was their new year. It come, the root of the word comes from Sam, which means summer, and then Fwyn, which means end. I will also put out an apology out there for any Gaelgors out there. I'm probably going to be butchering some... <laughs> I tried Jenny, my I was best. just going to say, I hope you pronounce them before me because I am going to absolutely butcher them. I'm so bad. Blame the Brits. I don't know what yeah. to say. Like, <laughs> I tried my best. <laughs> I was literally Googling like... pronunciation of this because I was like I couldn't I mean I try my best but just you know I I try you know I try guys and that's all that means Uh, so yeah Fwyn means end and it was basically a celebration of the end of the year so kind of like New Year's Eve kind of vibe which to me when I read that made more sense because of how we celebrate New Year's Eve yeah same energy Totally, yeah. So the Celts uh, lived around 2,000 years ago and mostly in the area that's Ireland, but they also lived in the UK, parts of the UK, Scotland, obviously, and northern France. Um, And their new year was on November 1st. But there's actually celebrations and, you know, really when you think of it, going right back to the Stone Age, so six to 8,000 years ago of Irish culture celebrating around this time of year. So obviously the solstices would be the main ones that you would think of. Um, The Celts had four, I think they had like a wheel was their calendar and they had, they split it up into four seasons, but the uh, Stone Age it was just two main kind of um, solstices or, or festivals and celebrations. So the 21st of June, which is the longest day of the year. And then obviously October 21st, which was the beginning of uh, the dark days. So mm-hmm. I always find that interesting when you look, like even when you look at like 
old any old holidays they always go back so much longer than you think like yeah. even Christmas when you look back on like pagan rituals there was a Christmas know. you know so it's really interesting to see how we always kind of respected like the changing of seasons I guess yeah. you know yeah. it was always within us and um, so the Celts as I said it marked the end of summer uh, and the beginning of dark cold winters which was a time that they kind of associated with death which I guess kind of makes sense because people maybe got like older people probably died in winter yeah. more children people got sick not the as elements. much food exactly the mm-hmm. elements and not elements, as much yeah. food and stuff so that would yeah. also be interesting when you think of like why they were so big on rituals around this time because obviously the harvest was done and they had mm-hmm. to make sure their food lasted so they believed on the night before the new year the boundary between the worlds of the living and the dead became blurred which I guess people kind of now, I know spooky, people now refer to as like the veil is thin. Like, have you ever had extra spooky kind of stuff happen around Halloween? Have you ever had a paranormal experience in general, actually? I'd love to know. Jenny, I have had so many. Have you really? I'm not even joking. I literally, so, so many. Like, I'm not even joking. Like Halloween, on Christmas Eve, just gone. I seen like a ghost appeared in front of my eyes. Now it's it was in my parents' house in Cavan. So we're obviously we're from Dublin, but I grew up in Mead and then I grew up in Cavan and now I'm back in Dublin. But yeah. the house that my family home in Cavan is like 500 years old. Oh, and wow. it was like a, it's in literally the middle of nowhere. And apparently, like all the like locals in the area say that like the land is haunted. I have a few stories, but I'm gonna save some of them for later. But oh, yeah. my house. I mean, it's not only me, like I've I've seen things like a lot more in recent kind of years, but like my brother's seen things, my mom and dad have seen things, like it's really weird. Like Wow. And have you ever have you ever felt it more around this time of year, like on Halloween or ever they've been more? Yeah. I feel like I don't know whether it's kind of like your mind plays tricks in you, but you know the darker nights and stuff mm. it's and you know Halloween is in your mind here so like everything is spookier so you just feel that kind of energy in the air or maybe you know they're I mean? maybe they're coming up the veil is thin the veil you is know thin, yeah. you could be on some ancient Celtic burial ground bullshit or something could, yeah you never know. know it could have been somewhere where people celebrated you know you don't know um, I actually um near my house as well I'm actually going to Newground by the way Oh my I God, didn't yes. go last time because I got COVID oh, right after thing. the last podcast. Oh, you'll you'll um, enjoy Newgrange. I can't yeah. wait for you to go to that. But what are the um the name slipped to my mind now? You know, like the like the, the burial kind of ground. It's like the burial grounds. Like there's a little tiny one, like right near my house in Cavan as well. Mm. And it's like an ancient, like um, like people go and visit it, but it's really small. I must get pictures and show you, but it's like a really small one. I can't remember the name of it now. The little mounds, are they the ones that are like covered in? Yeah, I know you. Yeah, mean, I can't remember. The and name then there's like little rocks and all, like but it's yes. tiny. But we used to go there in school, like during the summer and stuff. Like we'd go out on a walk and we'd go there and we'd have to get like told old history. I should know it. I should know the name of it now. You know, what I mean, but blame the system, <laughs> oh, girl. Yeah, <laughs> blame the system. <laughs> exactly, but um. So that I can't wait to hear some of your stories because mm, crazy. Yeah, I know, I know you've got a few up your sleeve. People are gonna think I'm like <laughs> even stranger now. <laughs> no, I think they're dying for someone because like I'm I'm the type of person like I always say, like I'm always like, I am open to a paranormal experience. Mm. I've literally never had one. But then the other day I was um what was I 
or I was probably doing research for a fucking podcast or something that like, freaked me out and they were talking about like someone seeing ghosts and I was like I really don't want that to ever happen to me I was like oh fuck that shit it's weird like because I when I seen like the few times I've had it like it is terrifying but it's not like what you like it's like you're frozen with fear as opposed to like ah you're screaming yeah Do you know what I mean? yeah, like, yeah. It's and just, like, some people say that you kind of get this weird feeling of like calm as well where you, it's like it's almost yeah. like you know it's not threatening but you are a bit spooked kind of yeah but you're like right I'm here now what can I do like it's, yeah. it's right it's happening but it's yeah. not like well for me anyway it's like I'm terrified but it's it's like it happens so quick and then you're like well I hope I don't see that again and then <laughs> you're more afraid of what you you're more if you're anticipating it, it's scarier if that makes sense that does my yeah 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 you know I know what you mean I know it's more like, like the, thought, the, the thought of it yeah. is like freaky like I still like is this just me like I'm 28 now but like if I'm coming downstairs at night to get something like I'll still like have my back to the wall turn off the light and run up the stairs 100% yeah like, <laughs> I'm t- freaked 24 7 yeah the point, like it's a few weeks ago oh yeah the few weeks ago like I Evan was <laughs> at his friend's house and I was in bed and I had our dog in the bed with us and she like why do they always do this when you're alone she literally was fast asleep and then all of a sudden started screaming barking and then like oh. wouldn't stop staring at the door and I was like oh my god like have I forgotten to a lock the door or has like I was like has there's some sort of ghost in the house like I was and I, of course I didn't do anything I just sat there like frozen fear. Frozen yeah. fear. but uh back to the Celts anyway so they believed obviously that this veil was thin right at this time and they also thought that the presence of these spirits made it easier for the druids or the priests the celtic priests at the time to make predictions about the future and the predictions were really important to them because they would usually predict like whether your harvest is going to be successful or like how the following year is going to be so it was very much reliant on like how they actually like you know lived their life and succeeded and everything else like that so to commemorate the event druids would build massive sacred bonfires now this blew my mind I did not know the bonfire was rooted back here um where people gathered to burn crops and animals as sacrifices to the gods um during the celebration the Celts also wore costumes typically consisting of animal heads and skins and they also did like some fortune telling like kind of just like celebratory stuff when the celebration was over the fire they had to so they had this massive one fire in the village or the town or whatever I guess they're not villages back then but you know what I mean (laughs) and everyone else would have to put out their house fire because they would always have a fire going to keep the house warm Mm -hmm. and then so they put all their fires out they would have this one huge fire and then the druids would take a flame from this fire and relight everybody's fire I guess it's kind of like a rebirth symbol and it's like it's being lit from the sacred fire which like the druids had blessed or you know put good omens into but I thought that was mad I I don't know why I just bonfires I never even really thought of having a root I I just thought it was a bit of crack (laughs) yeah same but I thought for some reason you know like Guy Guy Fawkes is a Guy Guy Fawkes night yeah yeah I thought that was kind of the original yeah because they do the big bonfire and then they throw the um the Guy Fox, is it? Like the yeah, on top of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Freaky, to be honest. Weird. Yeah. So I thought that was where it came <laughs> Me from. Me too, because it is around the same time. Isn't Guy Fox Night around the same time as Halloween? It's like, yeah, I think not it's far the first after. of November. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, but Isn't maybe, it? so I guess they're all yeah. rooted Link. back to some way into because like obviously like the the Celts were in the UK as well. You yeah, know? true. Um, so mm-hmm. it isn't just an Irish thing. Um, 
But yeah, I thought that was mad. And we're going to go into some more of the practices and traditions that do have their roots in Ireland. So um, dressing up and just the kind of general vibe of Halloween, like having parties, all that kind of stuff. So as we said earlier, like to ward off the evil spirits at Samhain, because, you know, they thought the veil was him, but that meant anyone could come back. Good, bad, you know, didn't really yeah. matter. Um, people wore masks to disguise themselves so that if any spirits came back who say didn't like you when they were alive, they wouldn't recognize you. Um, and also just Never. if someone, I know, I know, <laughs> I'm like, I think the spirits would know. Um, yeah, they but, definitely know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that obviously comes back to where I remember hearing that before that it was like, a, mm-hmm. I think I had heard it more in relation to like Victorian times or something, not so much the Celts, but apparently they did it, did it too. And a lot of them would have been like animal skins and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And they deliberately would make a lot of noise as well to unsettle spirits and drive them away from their homes. So, you know, it was always quite a rowdy time. Mm-hmm. Um, people would leave food out of their homes or near hawthorn or whitethorn bushes because that is where the fairies lived, apparently. And that was like in hoping to get the fairies' generosity. <laughs> Basically saying like, don't fuck at me for a year, please. Yeah. Here's, here's <laughs> nice some treats. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And we're going to get on to some fairy stories later. Um, and for some, the tradition of leaving food in the was done in the home. So sometimes they would leave some food in the home, which was usually a plate of Kulkanen or Champ, which I don't know if you ever had that when you were younger. I definitely no. did. Did you not have this it? This is another thing. No, I didn't even know about Kulkanen until a few years ago. Stop. I, I don't know what if your mom and dad don't make it like my no. mom and dad just used to always make it my nana no. used to make it right so she it's like yeah. mashed potato with usually like kale kind of or cabbage mm. something like that mashed up into it and um you would also put like money in it now this is so unhygienic now that yeah back in it. my <laughs> nana would make and she'd do this in a barn brack as well which is kind of like a yes. current cake you'd have around the same time um and you'd put she would always put 20p which shows you how old I am and but she'd wrap <laughs> it in like tin foil so like you'd be eating this potato and then you'd bite into like tin foil you'd be yeah. like oh my teeth yeah just the, the thoughts of my teeth yeah <laughs> it's like when someone scrapes their nails off the chalkboard yeah, oh exactly or like yeah. chewing cotton wool it makes me be like, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> i always remember that and you'd be like yay i won like you'd be trying to find it beforehand and all yeah. um, but that has its roots back then as well and that was about um offering hospitality to like their own ancestors who came back so they would think that like you know if you had someone who passed they would visit your own home it was kind of their time that they could do that mm-hmm. um which i just thought was like a nice little tradition uh yeah it's cute right and just as spells uh, and incantations of witches were powerful at Samhain, the night was believed to be full of like very positive potential for the future. So that's why we kind of do, we, we kind of also think of, you know, spells and witches and druids and all that kind of stuff around mm-hmm. the same time. Um, so this one is mad now. This one, I actually think I first heard of this uh, on Adam's podcast but I had to talk about it as well, that the whole idea of a jack-o'-lantern is Irish, which was something that to me, Never it's just this. so American, like jack-o'-lantern. Yeah, oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah, it's like, how is that even Irish? I know, it sounds <laughs> like an American trying to be Irish, like Lucky yeah. Charms or something, right? Oh, yes, 100%. 100%, but no. I don't get it. It's Irish, so really interesting story. So uh, the the origins of it are 
basically Irish people would carve these faces into turnips okay we couldn't get pumpkins it became pumpkins when it went to America we had turnips and I don't know if you have ever carved out a turnip it is so hard we used to do a turnip I remember one year we didn't get a pumpkin when I was younger my mom and I was like do a turnip instead I was like (laughs) are you joking (laughs) we did they're so hard to fucking carve though there and I can see why they moved on to uh the pumpkins but I even think though when I seen the pictures of the pumpkins being carved they're scary they look scarier for some yeah, reason yeah they do I think it's because you can do better carvings or like they're yeah. wide or something pumpkins yeah. look a bit like silly but anyway yeah <laughs> um so uh they would leave these outside their homes to ward off evil spirits but that's not really the origins the origins are in this kind of old guess it's like urban myth urban legend about Mm -hmm. a man called known as jack the lantern so the story goes that jack was a farmer some say that he was like a blacksmith uh, but everyone always describes him as a bit of a pisshead like he's a bit of a drunkard you know Mm -hmm. that guy um and one day apparently jack met the devil as they all do meet the devil uh one evening when he was out and he invited him for a drink and people say that basically the devil actually looked for Jack because the devil overheard two guys talk about how this guy was like the best trickster of all time and obviously the devil wants to be the best trickster of all time so he put his ego in check and the devil agreed to go for a drink with Jack when Jack asked him and Jack convinced him at the end of their drinking session to transform into a gold coin Uh, so he could pay for the drinks and he did and instead of paying Jack put the coin back into his pocket beside a cross that he had in his pocket now once the devil is beside a cross he can't turn back he can't shapeshift back he can't be anywhere near a cross so he was found trapped in Jack's pocket Um, so after a while Jack did free him but he basically made sure that he said like look I'll free you but you have to make sure that I'm never going to be in trouble with you at least for not another year you're never going to bother me for a year and the devil was like yeah cool now he came back after a year and this is when he was like I'm going to punish you blah 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 and Jack once again his trickster ways he pled with the devil to allow him a piece of fruit before he was punished in whatever way he was going to be punished uh, the devil climbed a tree got a piece of fruit and the minute he went up the tree Jack did a ring of crosses around the tree so that the devil couldn't come back down again um so he kept him up the tree and the devil was fuming clearly because like this guy has once again (laughs) tricked him um and jack kept him up the tree until the devil agreed that jack would never go to hell so he was like okay this time you're agreeing that you're never going to send me to hell no matter what i do and this guy wasn't like the best guy anyway so he was probably right to try and get this deal and so he struck his deal with the devil let the devil back down but obviously Jack died eventually and apparently when he died he was surprised because when he went up to heaven they wouldn't let him in because they were like okay you are like a trickster you're a drunkard you're a liar you're apparently he was real tight as well and they're like you're not getting into heaven but then he tried to go to hell and the devil remembered him and the devil was like you're not coming here either babes like fuck off basically you can stay in limbo but the devil did give him a burning coal from hell to help light his path and because it was um so hot he couldn't carry it in his bare hands he hollowed out a turnip put the coal inside it and used it as his lantern and that is where you get the story jack o lantern how do people how do people think of these things like it's just the most 
most random thing ever. And it's like telling a child a story and just like going, right, I'm improvising here. I'm just going to make it up. Like, like, oh. Then the fruit. I don't know why yeah. he wanted to be so Yeah. <laughs> It's crazy. It, it is but like it's so funny how like those mm. stories are so completely lost you know like yeah. like I've never heard that story before other, other than like recently on a podcast like it's, it's crazy I mean it's a funny one but like again it's something that I totally thought was Irish um have you done like I know you're like living out of your home home now like have you done pumpkins and stuff at home before I did a pumpkin a few years ago I felt like oh my god it was like oh, it's like getting my I, first own Christmas tree <laughs> yeah no I kind of started and then I get bored because I'm like it's I'm not very good with stuff like that like I'm not a very not very good with my hands like and things I like that and, and I'm like it's, it's one of those things you think you're going to be unreal yeah, like, and then you start and it, it looks so bad <laughs> yeah, like this is the ugliest pumpkin I've ever seen in my life so I know. sometimes you <laughs> just have to like sometimes you just have to like literally just do a shit one like a purposefully and terrible stuff. I know that's yeah. not <laughs> Disgusting. I don't like the taste of pumpkins, like pumpkin soup and stuff. I don't like, yeah, or pumpkin de- spice lattes. No way. Yeah, I'm not mad mm. into them either. Like, I wouldn't be going for them. I know some people are mad for them, but not for I me. wish I did like them because they're so like, I know basic bitch energy. Like, <laughs> yeah. so it's, it seems so nice to like get into it, like another yeah. festive element. But no, I'm no. I'm more of a I love all the flavors of Christmas, but I'm not yeah. really into the pumpkin spice latte. Not no. So trick or treating also has its uh, roots in Ireland. Um, so here's another Irish <coughs> that I did look up the pronunciation of, and I think I know. <laughs> oh, here it. we go. So the Tua de Danon. De Danon, I think De Danon, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> they are basically, it's the Irish word for like the old um, gods, right? These are thought to be people that lived in Ireland amongst us mortals before the settlers came to Ireland, basically. They're a supernatural race um, and they were known for their supremacy over ghosts and demons, especially at Samhain. So at Samhain, it was very important to leave offerings out for these because after Ireland was conquered by, again, I only learned this during this, the, the last um, race of people to settle in Ireland were called the Malaysians. Um, oh. I know, yeah. So I think they came from like the north of France or something like that. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, like, I mean, this is like, like so Normandy long ago. Normandy kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think this is so long ago, you know. So this is uh, like really, really long ago. So when they came, apparently the two of Danon were um, kind of, left to go to the hills they became people of the hills or fairies as we know them now um and they shrank (laughs) right they shrank both figuratively and literally like they shrank in size and also like physical size too um and they became these fairies and they started to play tricks on people um so they no longer lived amongst us but they had a lot of potential for mischief making and just kind of fucking with us basically and later generations of the celts believed that leaving out sweet treats for them on their doorsteps on the eve on Samhain the eve of Samhain was to would appease the fairies um and whatever demons and restless spirits might also be in their company so Samhain as Samhain was modernized by Christianity it actually became less about appeasing like the fairies and spirits and more about accommodating for homesick souls so it was the idea of like leaving out some food for these like homesick souls or people who might come to you or come and ask you for something on that night um, and eventually people began leaving out a specific type of street, uh, sweet for the souls that visited and they were called soul cakes I never heard of this um, and they were made with raisins, cinnamon, ginger and nutmeg and the soul cake was basically 
the first ever Halloween candy. Kind of sounds like a Christmas cookie or something like that. Yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yes, I guess those flavours, it's kind of like the original yeah. pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> yeah. Soul cake. <laughs> soul cake. Yeah, so that, that's kind of like um, the history of that. So like... I, I just, it's mad because especially, when, I, even if you know a little bit about the history of Samhain in, in Ireland, I still didn't know about like the, I mean, knew a little bit about the dressing up. But I didn't know about bonfires. I didn't know about the jack-o'-lantern mm. or the trick-or-treating. And especially the jack-o'-lantern and the trick-or-treating are two things yeah. I would really consider with, to be like American. Yeah, definitely. Like, I never would have guessed that. Yeah. Because that's no. kind of what you think of, like, the commercialization of Hollywood, or Hollywood, oh, yeah. of yeah. Uh, Halloween. Hocus <laughs> pocus, you know? Yeah. yeah. So mad to think that, you know, when you're trick-or-treating, you're actually being very true to your Irish roots. Irish you know roots, what I mean? Yeah, I might go trick-or-treating this year. <laughs> See if you can and pass. tell everybody, give them a history lesson. Like, and did you know the origins of this? <laughs> you'll, get, you'll get a bag of nuts. I'm here, please leave yeah. us alone. <laughs> go away, monkey nuts. Oh, I hate it when I used to get them. Oh, or fruit, like seriously i know an orange like because we're because you're you're 28 right so we're kind of the generation me lumping myself in your generation i'm (laughs) I'm 32 but like similar enough like in the 90s we'd be trick-or-treating in early 2000s and like you'd be getting like the end of the bag would be full of monkey nuts oh god yeah they, like I mean and they'd always be crushed do you know what I kind of liked them like I would eat them but like I'd try get through them on the first night I'd be like okay let's get through this (laughs) And my dad would always take the fruit. He'd be like, lovely. Yes. <laughs> Thank God. I'm not going to eat that. I know. Yeah, like no. An orange or an apple. I didn't mind the oranges. The apples used to get all bruised. They'd be rotten. I love the candy apples. Oh, yeah. The they're chocolate good. chocolate covered ones. Oh, they are. Yeah, I don't I like, like the candy, candy covered ones, though. You know those ones? Like, they're really. Well, like... all the sprinkles. No, it's too much. Yeah. yeah it's the too chocolate much. ones are divine, though. Yeah. They were fucking they're nice. gorgeous, to be honest. Um, <laughs> so nice. So let's get on to some of these evil spirits that they thought were visiting them and i'm totally on board with you we're going to be covering four i think (laughs) i'm pretty sure i put four in and i had only heard of two of them the other two never heard of and i i would love to read more there was actually so many that i found while looking into this that i was like we have some fucking interesting ass mythology like i just we do you know and it's just it's not taught to us at all which is just mad I mean if you were taught this in school you'd be so interested oh I would love school if I was taught this I I would be like top of the class every day (laughs) yeah but like you can also learn about it it's like you can learn a bit from about other stuff from it you know it's funny how in like even Irish history like we're obviously we're taught about Newgrange but we're not even taught about the most interesting parts of Newgrange they're just like this like boring like burial site but you're not taught like uh we don't know how they fucking made this like exactly we don't know how they made this so accurately and like also there's loads of magic mushrooms around the place so that's the biggest thing yeah I I actually watched something a few weeks ago and it was like the first coverage like well like it was news coverage in 1962 of new new ground and the way they were telling that i was like oh my god like i'm asleep mm. like you're dragging the words out and there's people like there was kids children excavating some of it i was like really the it's child mad, was sitting there yeah. like thrown up in the air and i'm like that's new range and the child like, is just sitting there playing I, when you see them. the old footage of them excavate like yeah. they're just lads in like jeans like they're not like you know what i mean now they're like yeah. scientists and like you know anyone who's doing like archaeology like there's such yes. a rigorous way of doing it yeah. but they're just, just like local lads and boots Typical. kind of yeah stuff. it's very irish like, i'd say they lost <laughs> so much and i say loads of people oh, stole yeah. shit i say people oh, stole yeah 
so Definitely. much because it, it got looted I remember you'll probably find out when you go there I remember in one of the tours I had there they said that like it did get looted before like over the years because people knew it was there kind of you know like mm-hmm. then you had to get into it and like even it's so weird to see when you're in there like there's carvings from like 1970 something in it like it's people being like you know like Megan loves Paul yeah. the heart. Yeah. <laughs> like and you're just like oh god we really can't help ourselves the Irish hopefully you know we can't we really can't like, they were definitely having a session in there 100 oh, yeah. percent. Like. yeah <laughs> they probably um, find a thousand years like bottles of like bulmers and stuff 100 percent. yeah definitely they'll think it's like an ancient artifact yeah. <laughs> this magical yeah. drink they drank <laughs> <laughs> so okay so let's talk about the first of these ghosts and ghouls yeah. i guess so the slua which are the dead Irish sinners or spirits of the unforgiven dead. So they're also known as Sluan Amarv, which means the host of the dead. And they're kind of like the relentless dead who weren't welcome into the hall of the gods. Now, later on, um, when Christianity came, this would be kind of kind of like a limbo state. Like they were, they're not, yeah. weren't bad enough for hell, but they weren't good enough for heaven kind of thing. But this was obviously pre-Christian. They're described as kind of like a flying flock of birds. They were said to be able to approach and pick up a person from any direction and transport them far away through the air, almost from one island to another. So you could be picked up and just dropped off somewhere. Although they would sometimes rescue humans from dangerous rock clefts, they were generally portrayed as pretty dangerous to mere mortals. And so there's this Scottish folklorist, because this is obviously Celtic, they're quite prominent in Scotland too, called Alexander Carmichael. He actually did a lot of work, um, you know, kind of gathering these stories when they were still told by, like, because a lot of our history was orally told. It was just storytelling. We didn't really write a lot down, if anything, really. Um, So that's also why so much of it was lost, especially when the language was lost. And... One of the storytellers told Carmichael um, about the uh, the Slew and the Marv and he said that the spirits fly about in great clouds up and down the face of the world like the starlings and come back to the scenes of their earthly transgressions. So they're kind of coming back to where they once were and punishing the people there. So the slew are believed to fly from west in the mouth of the night, seeking souls to steal. So when a person was actually dying in their house, all the doors and windows on the west side of the house were secured to keep them out, which I thought was mad because they could just like yeah. pluck your soul up so yeah. when you're dying. So creepy. <laughs> okay. I know, yeah. So the most dangerous time for them to be around obviously was seven, right? Because we're in a liminal time. We're kind of, the veil is thin and the gates of hell would open and the host would ride forth. So basically they were more likely Mm. to snap you up and bring you to hell, whether you deserved it or not. Um, According to one story, the beautiful daughter of a king of France was taken up by them and carried about in the air over lands and seas, continents and islands till they came to a little island of Heistamel behind Crigori in the Benbecula. I just said a lot of words and I don't know what, I think it's somewhere in Scotland, um, where they laid her down and in such an injured state that she died from the treatment. Not, however, till she had told about the lands to which she had been carried and of the great hardships she endured while travelling through space. So I love to think when we talk about these stories, like obviously that's so creepy, but I love to think of like why they would tell these stories. Like what is the root of it? And like, with that one, I'm like, 
first off, it's like they're coming from the West. So I'm like, is there something to do with like... One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. No, like swallows migrating or... Yes. Could it be, that. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's like a herd of like that they're all of a sudden, especially around this time. I know the swallows yeah. go down and also like geese and stuff go down to like Africa towards this time. I remember yeah. when I lived in Clontarf with my mom and dad, you'd always hear like flocks of geese. They're so loud and it's just them on their way. Like it's mad to see yeah. actually, to be it's honest. Good, but yeah. It's fascinating. It is crazy that they fly yeah. that long. I never get it. So I was thinking it could be that, but then I was also thinking like, okay, like this girl, right? So... I wonder, was it a way of them explaining, like, kidnappings that shouldn't have happened? You know, like... this. It feels like that. Yeah, like this princess who, like, she was taken away and ended up somewhere terrible and, you know, like, basically died. And maybe the king, Mm -hmm. like, couldn't explain. Like, maybe it was his fault. Maybe it was... Or, like, she was out on a boat with someone else or she maybe she tried to run away. Um, So those are interesting ways because I'm like, how else are they kind of talking about, like, people who just, like, ended up somewhere around here you know? yeah or people like just vanishing like people that go missing like a missing person like cases now totally. maybe that's how they kind of justified it in their head they were like yeah. the only explanation is that like these yeah that's actually so away. true <laughs> no that's so true because also uh, you just maybe think they're like it could have even been like someone drowning or like taking yeah. their own life and then they would be washed yeah. up somewhere else you know like on a rock or something like that so it could have been something like that where like bodies could be found or like a body could be washed up on their shores and they'd be like oh it must be you know it must be something like this it's so funny how like for so long we've been think we've been like trying to extrapolate these reasons for why it would Mm -hmm. have happened you know before we had like the science behind it or like it could even be like a mental illness or like a psychosis thing of where people could be you know going missing for days coming back and being like you know she says here like she told the tales of where she had been carried through space like people could be like I was here and I was picked up by this bird (laughs) you know and we just didn't have the words to explain it Mm -hmm. you know yeah so crazy because like I'm as I said I'm doing this research at the moment on like witch trials all over the world and like so much of it can be explained by like very basic medical explanation now Mm -hmm. whereas like back then they were like oh she must be a witch because she has a cold (laughs) yeah and oh yeah then the Salem witch trials and all are so sad like when you think about it oh it's I mean horrific you'll probably hear the episode on Thursday Mm -hmm. but if you don't look into the Scottish witch trials they are insane crazy like 2,000 people dead Jesus over like over a couple years but 
yeah I'll leave it up there there's yeah. a teaser I'll for, to the, for the Salem episode oh yeah. yeah so now the next one I know you've got some stories for me so I'm so excited to hear <laughs> we're talking about banshees now obviously I think we all every Irish person knows what a banshee is yeah are you even Irish if you don't know that yeah that's no, what I'm not. thinking you're yeah. actually not there's us who don't know half of it now yeah. we're like well we know this I so. know <laughs> full of confidence now yeah well, I think <laughs> everyone totally when you're yeah. Irish you have heard of a banshee a banshee is this like female well I was always told it was like a female ghost who would scream and like mm-hmm. I think my parents might have told me they steal babies or some shit like that I don't know I like yeah. I would just I just knew I had the, like the fear I had about yeah. banshees when I was younger because they were kind really of presented bad. as like just a fact of life there's banshees oh. I was like, yeah but that's the way it is presented like in Ireland like it's it's not even okay it is kind of a myth but it's more presented as factual like even like listening to like my grandparents and stuff and like my aunties and stuff like the way they spoke about them it's just like commonplace it's like the woman that lives like at the end of the road like it's like talking about a real person like there's a banshee here or like like, the way they talk like even some of the most skeptical people that I know would talk about banshees and be like oh well I know someone who saw a banshee or Mm -hmm. you know I know someone who like they heard the banshee and the next day their husband died like it was it's it's a very it's spoken about very very matter of fact in Irish culture still so in case you don't know and I'm hoping you're not Irish if you don't know but in case you don't know (laughs) it's a female spirit in Irish folklore who heralds a death uh usually of a family member but it could be of anyone really so it's said that when a banshee is seen or if anyone hears her wails uh someone is about to die so the way I was told and you can tell me how you were told about banshees I would always, I was always told that like you'd hear them before you see them so you'd first hear this like screeching wail and then usually if you looked around like one would be coming your way mm-hmm. and you would kind of would want to like not be seen by the banshee like that was yeah. I don't know if that was me just being scared did you have a kind of a similar story yeah or you would see like a woman brushing her if you see a woman brushing her hair if you see a hairbrush never touch it my dad like my dad is quite skeptical but he's not so much now I'll explain that later but years ago he's like if you ever see a hairbrush like don't touch it I'm like why and he's like because that could be a banshee and I'm like oh yeah because there is I it's funny when I was looking into this is um we'll get into it now in a sec but there is this whole thing about hair and I I was always described Mm. that she would have long white hair that was always a thing but I I didn't know about the brushing of the hair but that's quite common so um as I said banshees sometimes appear as young women they can be older women or an old hag the kind of old hag thing is what I always thought of as a banshee like a very very old woman um usually wearing a white cloak so the cloak was always a thing and like in my mind anyway she was always like so pale with like long white hair that's what yeah that's the way I would imagine it yeah totally they give you the cream so I'm shivering oh I know. So uh, they also can take the form of a crow, actually, a stoat or a weasel, um, which are all kind of like thought of as almost like a familiar, like a witch's figure. They're kind of shapeshifters. You know, they've also been portrayed as shapeshifters over the years. So they can be like, uh, they can also be a beautiful woman, just a pale woman. Uh, Some accounts are pale women in a white dress with long red hair, a woman in a long silver dress with silver hair, which is kind of what you and I think of. Mm -hmm. Um, A headless woman carrying a bowl of blood that is naked from the waist up. Never heard that one. Don't want to see her. Don't want to see her. (laughs) 
never heard of it don't want to know I'll take the silver granny any day an old woman with red eyes a green dress and long white hair an old woman with a veil covering her face dressed in all black with grey hair so there's many apparitions I guess of Mm -hmm. the banshee Um, it's often said that banshees that the banshee laments only the descendants of the pure Malaysian stock of Ireland so remember I was talking about those people who settled in Ireland apparently it's said that they only um, they only kind of will wail for them some people say it's only people who are have an O or a Mac name other accounts <laughs> say that she'll only wail for the O'Neills the O'Briens the O'Connors the O'Grady's and the Kavanaugh's do you have any any of those families in your in your heritage you know no I don't I have an O'Grady so, no. my granny was an O'Grady oh. and I'm freaked now <laughs> oh actually I think I have Kavanaugh somewhere really most Irish one people of do my grandparents. you have one of them I feel <laughs> I feel like I'll have to yeah, yeah. somewhere but I think it is yeah but like not like close if that makes sense yeah 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 but also if you look into um probably the Irish of your surname you'll have because mine Claffy is just the English version but I think it was McClough back in the day so okay actually mine is me me Kinney I think yeah which is yeah so there you go Kenny which is Kenny in English Oh my God, you probably oh. do have them in there. So the banshees are after us. So um, <laughs> apparently it's also said that when several banshees appear at once, it's going to indicate the death of someone very important or someone holy. I guess that's when it became a little bit more Christian. Yeah. Uh, the tales sometimes recounted that the woman, though called a fairy, was a ghost, uh, often a specified, a specific murdered woman or a mother who had died a, ch- died a childbirth. So it's kind of like, someone within your town who might have died like there is that kind of idea with banshees and I remember hearing this before that like you kind of recognize them at first you're like oh is that you know someone I know and then they change how they look as you get closer to them that always freaks me <laughs> no I think I would oh I'd be just so panicked so in some parts of Leinster she's referred to as Irish again the ban quaintia which means the keening woman um, whose wail can be so piercing it shatters glass. So the keening mm. is kind of this idea of like the wailing and crying. Um, I learned that word looking into bad weren't, weren't keening women actually, this is just ringing a bell here, weren't they like, um, you know when the Brits took over Ireland yeah. and they had like, um, you know, like servants working for them and stuff. Apparently, maybe I'm totally off here, but apparently the keening women were like the servants like the house like they do the housework and stuff and then when they were finished work they'd just be like when they were let go like when they didn't need them anymore they just let them go and they'd wander the fields crying because they were like so upset they had nowhere to go and I think that's obviously I've heard that I think I I think I did read something about that with them came into the keening woman there is something more modern Mm. with that's mad that's so it's like yeah you're like you're crying and wailing and basically kind of like this inconsolable yeah nowhere to go like a banshee right so um in Kerry the keen is expressed as a low pleasant singing but in Tyrone it sounds like the sound of two boards being struck together and then in a place called Rathlin Island, it's known as a thin screeching sound somewhere between the wail of a woman and the moan of an owl. That's kind of what I yeah. would yeah. have known most about it, which is interesting because like I'm from Leinster. So it's like you think we there's a bit of a cry, yeah, but I always heard it was a screeching, like piercing, scream. terrifying yeah. Like some people would say, oh, what if it's a cat? But apparently people that have said that they've heard it say that it's like way worse than a cat. Like there's something in it that like unsettles you. That you're yeah. like, this isn't a cat, like, just... Yeah, it's like when you hear you of know. people 
even like we talked about Bigfoot right yeah kind of like that Bigfoot idea where like people who say they've seen Bigfoot are like it just wasn't a bear I just know it wasn't you know they're like they're like the way it walked was like a fucking human or like whatever like there's like even people saying like they saw something like paranormal they're like I know it sounds like I saw a shadow or this or that but it's like they just they had that weird kind of intuition that what they saw wasn't human so I need to know now what the fuck happened to you with banshees I'm, I'm dying to know so I have had like an experience actually it was in Malahide Castle so Malahide Park now I didn't see anything this is just we're starting off we're starting off easy we're easy so me and my friends um we were on a walk so they live in Clongriffin so we were walking from Clongriffin to Malahide one day it was in the summer it was a lovely day and we got to like the entrance of Malahide uh, castle right the park there was literally a brush on the ground and I'm not joking there was white hair like I have a picture of it somewhere but we yeah I was like okay this is somebody clearly planting this but it was like the hair was like really really long white it looked as if you know like you had an extension like you know little extensions that you get like oh pennies like the little clipping ones yeah yeah yeah. but it wasn't a clipping one it was just there was no end or beginning it was just like a clump of white hair and a brush like a mangled brush like it was really like as if it was been had been there like for I don't know how long it was so weird and we were like this kind of where it was and stuff it was just really oh it was hard gave you the shivers kind of like gave, you yeah it was and all three of us were like oh like this is a bit like we're in a legend right now we're in a myth right now um but nothing else didn't hear cry didn't see anything else like we got over it then um but a couple of months ago right so obviously I was saying that my family home like my parents live in Cavan now and it's in like a a derelict kind of not derelict area um what's the word like an isolated area like it's in essentially the middle of nowhere right and the locals that have lived there for like years and years and years have said that like the land is known to be like haunted so it's like a haunted the fields are haunted like there's all weird stuff that goes on there and like all these ghost stories and then the house that we live in is 500 years old it used to be like it's been loads of things over the years like it's been like a pub at one point um yeah it's just a lot of history to it now my brother and his girlfriend it was a Sunday night I think right so they were it was my brother his girlfriend and my dad my mom was there as well but it was kind of dark it was getting late um and my dad said that he heard this like scream like this screech and it went on for ages and he was like did you did you hear that and my brother was like, yeah, I did hear that. What was it? Oh, maybe it's a cat. Maybe it's like a, a fox, an animal, because mm-hmm. there's fields all around us. Never heard it before, bearing in mind. But yeah. this this is the one time. But my dad said when he felt it, he it was just really unsettling. Later that night, right? So when you look out into my garden, like it's just like you can just see straight down. And then after that, it's just fields upon fields. So my brother and his girlfriend were getting ready for bed. They were in the sitting room. They looked out the window and they said that they seen this thing at the end of the garden glowing. Right. And the dogs were going mad as well, by the way. We oh. Four dogs now. We had three dogs. The dogs were going mad. They looked down at the end of the garden and they seen this white, like, silhouette glowing. No. And when they looked at it, it was a woman with long hair, right? The boat of them seen it. The boat of them said they nearly shit themselves. Oh my God. 
it was horrible. And it was just standing there like in the darkness. That's all he could see. So they just closed the blinds over, but they said they couldn't, they didn't settle now. Thankfully, touch wood, like nothing happened after that. Yeah. But like they both, well, my dad's, they're all adamant. They're like, it sounds, it sounds insane. But we well, like, especially because two of them saw it. Like usually yeah. when one person, you could be like, okay, could have been this, could have been that. Or like, yeah, yeah like it could have been, who knows, mm-hmm. a fucking cow or some shit. But like yeah. the fact that both of them saw it. Yeah. And would and they be the really type good. to believe in this kind of shit? Or would they be a bit No, over? my brother not really no my dad right. mm, he's kind of skeptical but uh, my brother's girlfriend yeah she would I feel yeah. like what's his that's women, a good like, balance really, yeah it's a good balance but for my brother to say no but my brother has seen ghosts as well in the house before like there was one point um he came home no one was in the house and uh he was in the kitchen and he heard the front door and I've heard this a lot and other people in the house have heard there's just the front door like closed and it would be locked like there's no one there it's locked and you can hear it open Closed if someone's just walked into the house. Right? So my brother, this is a few years back now, he walked and he was in the kitchen. He was only after coming home from work. No one was in the house. He was just making a cup of tea or whatever. Heard the door open. And he was like, hello. And then he started calling like my other brother's name, my mom's name, my little sister's name. And no one was answering. So he was like, who's here? And as he walked out to the kitchen, like you can see the landing, like up the stairs. Like as you come out of the kitchen, it's straight up the stairs. And he's seeing like a worker's boot. That's what he described as like walk past. He was so frightened. He was like, there's somebody breaking into the house. Oh my he God. went in to the kitchen. He got a knife. I think it was a knife. He got something anyway. Because he was like, okay, yeah. there's someone in this house and I'm here on my own. And, and you're in the middle of it. nowhere. Like, so you're like, get the fuck out of my house. No. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Walked upstairs. No one up there. And there was no one. Oh, and like yeah. such a random thing to say as well. Like seeing yeah. a worker's boot. A worker's boot. It's so interesting yeah. you said that your house was like a pub because. Yeah. It would have mm-hmm. so many people come through the doors, yeah. you know, and like, you know, a lot of history. Yeah, oh. that you you should look into the history of that. I do you know what I have, and my mom really? was as well, and um, nothing. There's nothing. I can't find anything on it. It's the strangest thing, but obviously we can hear it from like we hear from all the like local so people kind, that have lived there like for generations. Known yeah like it's, it's a known thing yeah kind of and my brother my other brother said that he was on a night out before and I think his friend's dad was like oh you know your house is haunted like and then he started telling him about the haunted lands and he was like like I wouldn't I won't drive down your road at night like oh I'd be know. like fuck off Why yeah you tell me that? but Don't it tell is me like that. and that's where I seen last Christmas like I literally people are going to think I'm insane but I've seen a ghost like it's I it was right in front of me like I was on FaceTime to my I think my little cousins because it was Christmas Eve you know yeah. Santa's coming and everything and my mom my auntie and my sister were there and we were just like looking in the camera like on FaceTime and like my dad and my brothers and all were out like they went out for like a drink or whatever yeah and obviously you'd I would I was rationalizing like I felt someone standing behind me but I was like oh maybe they're back from the pub and I'm like but didn't hear the car didn't hear the door I would have heard them come through yeah yeah but yeah as I turned around there was like a man a man standing in front of me but no. the man had no face no it just, yeah stop. it was weird that's getting worse, and, worse. <laughs> and my auntie seen on the camera and she was like right, she didn't see the ghost but she was like are you okay and I was like I don't want to oh, talk like to she you saw your reaction yeah and my little sister was like you literally went like as if you were after been just like shocked oh my oh well at least it seems like whoever like if there is like a presence in your family home Mm -hmm. like they seem quite like peaceful kind of like you know they're not throwing shit around like 
I, you know, seeing a ghost Hopefully here, there. Start. <laughs> I know. I don't think it would though. I think no. we'd know by now because I think there'd be yes. like shit fucking going all over the place. Like they seem to be yeah. like maybe it's just like the veil is slipping, you know, and That's they just accidentally show yeah. themselves. Have you ever seen the movie mm-hmm. um, The Others? Yes, love that film. Kind of like that vibe, right? Where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you're the dead one all along, and it's like you're trying to not be seen by the people. Like yes. so interesting. And sometimes it comes, it comes out like yeah. Sometimes it just happens that you like interfere with each other. Mad. Mm-hmm. So you said a I faceless did. man, but now we're going to talk about the headless horseman, which again, yeah. thought was I thought was just an American thing because we all hear mm-hmm. of like Spooky Hollow, right? The headless horseman, Spooky Hollow, right? Yeah. But in Irish mythology, we had a headless horseman called the Dullahan. So it's said that after sunset on certain days like Samhain, the Dullahan can be seen riding a magnificent black stallion across the countryside. Uh, wherever he stops, someone dies. So if he's stopping, you are in trouble. He mm-hmm. is clad in flowing black robes and has no head on his shoulders. He carries his head in his hand because he's endowed with supernatural eyesight and he can hold his head up high so he can basically see everywhere because he's kind of on the hunt for someone. Kind of like the Headless Horseman, right? Like yeah. you're looking for mm-hmm. someone whose end is imminent. Kind of like a Grim Reaper-y hybrid. Grim Reaper vibe, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's like a, you know, a sleepy hollow Grim Reaper hybrid kind of guy. <laughs> Uh, so uh, if you watch him pass by though this is interesting so even though he might not be out for you if you see him pass by you will be punished so this is mad you either have a bucket of blood thrown in your face Okay. Or you'll be struck blind in an eye. I'm like, give me the bucket of blood any day, babes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the Dullahan does not come to warn, though. So he's no banshee. He's not saying someone's about to die. He's like a definite harbinger of someone's mm-hmm. demise. And there's no defense against him. There's nothing you can do. You can't plea. Like that kind of Grim Reaper element, right? It's just yeah. like, you're just, your end is done. Your time is uh, here. So, um, but there is a story that apparently he is afraid of gold which is very random, but there is a weird story behind it. So apparently one story comes from Galway and it says that a man was on his way home when all of a sudden he heard the sound of horses hooves pounding behind him and he kind of had I know scary right like like you just be afraid I know or just like you could just be afraid to look behind of what you'd see you know So he, in dread, he basically turned around and it was the Dullahan and he just knew, he was like, oh God, I'm fucked. So he tried to run, but literally nothing can outrun him because he's basically the angel of death. And he remembered that if he couldn't outrun him, he could outsmart him. He dropped a gold coin on the road and there was a loud roar in the air high above him when he turned to look again. The Dullahan was gone. So... This engagement ring will be fucking on the, yes. the cobblestones. I'll be like, bitch. Goodbye. Get that off me. It's the only bit of real gold on me as well. I'll be trying to get the fucking oh, fake the plated gold. My penny earrings. I'd be like trying to throw them on the ground. I'm like, oh. <laughs> not gonna happen. I know you're like, why didn't I buy the real gold ones? <laughs> uh, so while no one knows for certain how the Dullahan originated, it's thought that it's the embodiment of an old Celtic fertility god called Chrome Dove, and this god was worshipped by the ancient kings of Ireland, uh, the ancient king of Ireland, Tigermas, and each year Tigermas sacrificed humans to this god, um, and the usual method was decapitation lovely but this is what he did so it's kind of thinking like you know your man's decapitated he's kind of this like human embodiment of that sacrifice 
Um, so the worship of this god, uh, Crom Dove, ended in the 6th century when Christianity came um, and the old sacrificial traditions went out of favour. Mad that we were sacrificing up until then, but however. It's <laughs> mad. It said then that he took on a physical form, which is the headless Dullahan, um, which means the dark man, riding his mighty horse and using a human spine for a whip. Um, <laughs> so I wonder, like, did this story somehow go over to America when like was this still spoken yeah. of and when Irish people like maybe during the famine like people in the famine went over and told the story because like I tried to look into a bit like the history anything I looked up with the Headless Horseman just Sleepy Hollow Sleepy Hollow Sleepy yeah. Hollow that's the same I looked it up and it was like the Headless Horseman from Sleepy Hollow I was like yeah. no I don't want to look. No wonder I've never heard of it, though. I know. And like, even like I looked up like headless horsemen, mythological creatures, and like there mm-hmm. doesn't really seem to be any other, you know, you know, the way sometimes like with um, like there's always shape shifting gods. Yeah. And that's a, it's a consistency across cultures. So you're kind of mm-hmm. like, OK, that's just something we believed in. But like the headless horseman thing, it's so specific. It is. Yeah. And they're kind of the same. Like the headless horseman. I mean, didn't he go around? Like, I mean, I know he it's decapitated exactly your head, but like it's the same thing. He came, he would kill you on the spot no remorse and he was like bringing your head back to hell or some shit wasn't he yeah it was i think it was hell yeah pretty sure anyway like i don't know i'm not up to scratch on my headless horseman sleep i'll have to rewatch that movie but um so mad crazy i don't know what i mean i guess that's more so an interesting one because it's kind of like a modernization of like what like this old king would do so it's not Mm -hmm. so much a like explanation of you know people kind of you know making stories to justify stuff but finally so any thoughts on the headless horseman like did you have any thoughts or was it just like you were just like what the hell I've never heard that shit I was just like what the hell like I've never heard of it being an Irish thing like originating in Ireland like obviously as we said we've heard of the banshee fairies all that stuff but never that I think he scares me a little bit more than a banshee yeah like Like, if I because you're done that's it yeah and also like just something about being on a horse like you're catching me no matter what. Like the banshee, yeah, I'm kind of yeah. like, oh, I could close my curtains. <laughs> yeah, literally. Bye. <laughs> Didn't happen. I know. I know. So oh. finally we'll talk. There's a little bit lighter, a little bit more fun so people aren't too afraid. We're going to talk about the puka. So have you heard of a puka before? Yes. Do you know what it reminds me of? You know the way they have like in um, different religions, I think it's in Arabic culture, they have the jinn. So the jinn is like a mischievous like spirit that can like, like a genie it's a genie like shapeshift and stuff and um they try and trick trick you and and stuff like that Ah, it kind of reminds me of a little bit very similar very similar so puka is the irish word for like a hobgoblin Mm -hmm. so not directly really dangerous or gonna you know not not a derivative of hell or evil mischievous a mischievous trickster it's kind of also like you know, similar to like a leprechaun kind of vibe, yeah. like the fairies, if you're like aware of like Irish fairies. Who was I watching recently? I was actually watching, I know you watch them too, like Mile Higher podcast, right? Yeah. And I love like, I love their podcast. And Same. I can't remember what the topic was. Oh, I can't, it doesn't matter anyway. They they mentioned something about Ireland and fairies. And it's so Oh, funny. it was the Kennedy curse, wasn't it? Sorry. Yes, yeah, it was. That, that's it. The Kennedy, yeah. it was when I was looking into the Kennedy curse, I was looking at their podcast and they mentioned that the Kennedy curse, I have an episode on it, guys, if you want to go listen. Um, <laughs> they mentioned that there's a rumour that the Kennedys were cursed years and years back from um, 
interrupting and meddling with a fairy for it and yeah. I remember the two hosts were like a fairy for it? like why would fairies and I'm like it's so specifically Irish like it's our Irish. fairies <laughs> are not like Tinkerbell be yeah, they're like, not Tinkerbell no, no they're like they're the old gods and they will wreak havoc on you and if you dare and they like kidnap your children like so interesting yeah. Adam actually did a really good episode on uh, yeah. the fae and the fairies so if anyone wants to go listen to that you should it's over on I think his Patreon I actually remember when um I was younger uh, you know the way like when you're young you never want to go to sleep especially when it's the summer you're like yeah. oh, I'm not going to bed it's still bright outside why am I <laughs> how am I supposed to go to sleep when the sun is still out yeah, do you yeah. know that kind of way yeah, my yeah. mom and dad used to say to me um like if you don't go asleep by this time, like the goblins are going to come and take it away. Oh. And I was like, okay, I'm going to sleep now. <laughs> I'm going to sleep now. Yeah. I, so I was only saying this, meant. but I do. You know, funnily enough, I was never like I don't know what it was. My mom and dad never really told me much. Like I was never really told much about fairies or anything. I guess just they weren't told about it. You know. Um. Yeah. I don't know whether it's because like my whole family are real Dublin or something. Like we just we were never yeah. like made afraid. Like a lot of my friends from the countryside would be real like oh, they'd still be real mad about fairy forts and all. Yeah. I'd never really heard of that. But my dad did say like we used to, I grew up in a quite an old house. It was like about. I think 150 years old um and we had like like these big kind of scary attics and one of the attics entrances were was in my bedroom and oh. my dad used to go the headless boy lives up there oh lovely. <laughs> like, if I was like up all night he'd be like well I'll tell the headless boy to come down from the I'd be like the headless boy he, that was trauma. his favorite thing to fucking say I know the trauma like come on, <laughs> so oh. let's talk about the puka right so as I said hobgoblin right so he's shape-shifting as well uh, he lives in the wilds of Ireland, in the mountains and the lakes. So he'd be kind of like a little feral, mischievous thing and a, a lonesome guy as well, kind of existent <laughs> by himself. So he can take the variety of many shapes and sizes. And his main thing is just to like wreak havoc, have a bit of a laugh, kind of fuck with you, like nothing too serious. Um, but he can be known to fuck with your harvest and your crops if you don't leave him out a little treat at Halloween. So he you know he can cause some really bad havoc if you if yeah. you really are going to not appease him on halloween so he's known as a trickster as i said terrorizing humans and it's said that the puka often takes the form of a horse or a calf and this is guys i love this story right so he's known to rush between a victim's leg hoist <laughs> them up for a mad dash across the countryside like <laughs> so random <laughs> that is the most random thing ever that sounds like someone drunk at a party being like come on exactly exactly so besides horses and cows the puka can also take on a shape of a bird or a bat um and it's known that his victims will have like scratches on his face afterwards he can appear in human form as well um and as a human he'll always have jet black hair and they're real chatty like they love to chat they'll chat the ear off you and he'll give you advice and ask questions and apparently also like tell loads of uh, stories about how their family was tricked out of money and land and kind of probably try and get something from you in many stories of the puka they also will feature a horse always a black horse with an untamed mane and glowing golden eyes so apparently um to drunken weary travelers who are making their way home from the pub they would often go up to them and offer them a ride home on their back um and in some stories as i said they'll just run up between their legs and they're <laughs> off they're off somewhere uh they take them up through a uh, they take them on a wild ride through the night galloping through fields 
jumping over hedges um, and they're just dumped off in the middle of nowhere and then they have to like drunkenly try find their way back um, and years ago in the lead up to Samhain when people across Ireland were bringing their harvest before they could mark the end of the year they'd always make sure to leave a little bit out for the puka because uh, if they were happy with the offerings he'd ensure a good harvest now when we're talking about explanations my mind when I heard that story was immediately like I was like that's drunk husbands ending up in the middle yeah. of nowhere coming home days later with scratches on their faces being like oh jeez I got the puka came yeah. between Liter- my legs <laughs> literally that's the first thing I was like okay pub <laughs> they come home like, days later like scratches wow. on your face you're dumped in the middle of nowhere I'm like you yeah. got lost on the way home to the pub it's like or... the Irish version of the hangover do you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> literally oh stop. some of them are very funny it's like yeah yeah it's a good one you can sometimes some of them are very obvious where they I feel like the story comes from like that I'm literally like oh my god like the fact they're like mentioning like drunk men like you know they're like oh my god I was found in the middle of nowhere and you know even the fairy thing like you can kind of bring back to like you can see where it came from Mm -hmm. but uh I love I mean the puka is a little more more wholesome than uh, the old headless horseman or whatever else like that um but even leprechauns I'm like where did that come from yeah I actually again Adam did that episode um about fairies and stuff it was really good I'm actually gonna I'm gonna ask him will he put that out on Spotify because it was actually so interesting and it was just like he actually went through like the whole uh he actually did the jack-o'-lantern and he talked about the puka and he talked about leprechauns and fairies and um but also how like because fairies would often take little boys it was known that they would take small boys that's where the whole um the tradition of dressing boys like girls up until a certain age came from because they would try and hide oh. them from the fairies. Oh. You know, the way little boys would always be wearing little kind of like dresses and stuff like that. Yeah. And like, you know, very gender neutral before his times. But like, that mm-hmm. was a thing. You know, even if you look in like Victorian times, like yeah. little boys and girls were dressed completely the same up until a certain age. And in Ireland anyway, it was because they were like, the fairy ain't taking my my son. <laughs> That's crazy. I that know. is crazy. So, I mean, that's pretty much it. Have you any plans for Halloween this year? Are you doing anything spooky? You're no. going to New Grange soon. That'll be good. Oh, I'm going to Pharmaphobia as well. Are you? I've, I'm i so afraid. Are you? Oh, I'm bricking it. I am terrified. I'm going to, like, you want, I'm the most dramatic person ever. When Because I really think, like, that this is happening. I'm like, yeah. he's really going to kill me with a chainsaw right now. So I yeah. have to get into character and run. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm very, but I love it. I Like, it's the thrill of it. Like, I'm petrified, yeah, but I'm also like, oh. Love this. You need to like vlog it or something and put it on TikTok. Like it's so good. You need to. <laughs> Are you just screaming? <laughs> I'm just screaming the whole time. No, because you know what I'm terrified of? Like my biggest fear is clowns. I hate clowns. Oh, yeah, terrifying, terrifying. Oh, I hate and so there's like a whole Yeah, I know. Do you remember that year? But that was definitely propaganda for um it, I think. Remember the oh, year the it came out and yeah. That was, was weird though. Yeah, mm. but it was weird because I looked in I don't know, I remember thinking it was like a publicity stunt because it was coming mm-hmm. out that year but I looked into it a while ago and like people were like putting up um I think it was actually on TikTok some girl you look into it on TikTok some girl put up like ring you know like the ring footage like from their doorbell like oh yeah and it was like this Ugh. clown coming up and like she said something like oh and people thought it was a like false flag or whatever and she was like mm, like some clown man coming up like 
I mean, it's one of those things that even if people are just doing it to free people out, I'm like, it worked. I would be yeah, it worked. I'm terrified. Terrified. Yeah. terrified. I'm more afraid of clowns than I would be seeing like well, well than I was seeing the ghost. Like oh hell yeah, like I'm more afraid of that. <laughs> it's the living. Don't they say it's the living you should fear, not the dead? Very true. I always mm. say sometimes facts are scarier than fucking fiction, man. Like sometimes yeah. the, the scariest shit actually happened, and they're scarier than any conspiracy theory out there half the time. Yes. Um. Yeah. So Megan, I'll link all your stuff below. Uh. But you're on Instagram. You're on TikTok. Um, and honestly, as I said, Megan's content is fucking brilliant. And thank you. You know, you I have looked at some of your videos and been like, oh shit, that deserves an episode. So like, I'm happy to have you on the <laughs> podcast whenever because you're a wealth of knowledge. Um, I love being on the podcast. Oh, thank good. you so much for having me again. No Jenny. problem. So guys, go check out Megan. Um, I'll be back very soon. Until then, you can go check me out on Patreon. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.